I love you so much. How many of you were here Friday night? <laughs> How many of you were, were touched and you, you, you received something from the Lord that you were believing for and longing for and God moved? Anybody? Well, if you're a first-time guest this morning at Christian Renewal Church, welcome home. I'm serious. Welcome home. This is a phenomenal place to call home, to raise your kids, raise your teenagers, to, to come and settle and grow roots, but don't remain settled, that you'd get outside these walls and have an impact here in Hilton Head. God wants to move in this nation again. God wants to move in the world again. God wants to move in Hilton Head Island again, but God wants to move in you again. As Pastor said, my beautiful wife is here. Miss Paula, would you stand? We want to honor you this morning. <clears throat> Been doing student ministry for the past 18 years. Just moved into an executive role at our church. Not sure if I'm happy with that, but I love, I love students so much. I love youth ministry so much. We've given our hearts to it for the past 18 years. And I've told students from, from there in Georgia to... As we get to travel and speak, and I've told them in Sacramento, California, and um, Buffalo, New York, to Dallas, Texas, to Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. I've told people all over the, the nation and now the world. I tell them in Haiti and Honduras and India and Bogota, Colombia. Uh, we'll be in Seoul, Korea in October, and I'll tell them the same thing. Men, you don't have to be, you don't have to be attractive. You don't have to be good-looking or intelligent. You just have to be anointed to get something like that. And so just pray. Just pray and God will, he'll, he'll bless you with an incredible thing. I tell people all the time, I'm grateful for our two beautiful daughters, our two beautiful daughters, 18 and 22, um, Madison and Carson. I tell people that they get their looks from their dad because my wife still has hers. Smart man, smart man. Sowing them seeds. Hey, it is a privilege, it is a privilege and an honor to stand in front of you today in this pulpit, um, all the way from Dawsonville, Georgia. Anybody ever heard of Dawsonville, Georgia? Yeah, yeah. We are known for two things, NASCAR. Uh, the story goes that NASCAR racing uh, started in Dawsonville because of the second part we're known for. We, are, we were known and still are to this day known for moonshine. Uh, and what happened was, it, back in the day, they would take uh, moonshine and try to get it from the steels there in the, in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. They would try to get that moonshine down through Atlanta, down into Florida and Alabama and everywhere. But the cops kept busting these guys because they had slow, junky cars. And the cops could outrun them. So what these men would do is they would take this moonshine and they would make it and they'd put it in specific cars and they would, and they would go and just like run around these pasture lands. They would cut out circles and just run around and have these races in their cars. And they said, whoever wins the race, your car is faster. We'll put all the moonshine in your car, pay you lumps of money to see if you can get the moonshine past the cops, if you can outrun the cops. So then they would start tweaking their engines up there in Dawson, but they start tweaking their engines and, you know, making them faster than the cop cars. And so that's how NASCAR got started, was people would run moonshine from Dawsonville, Georgia, all the way to Alabama, Florida, and all the way. It, it, that's crazy. We're known for NASCAR and moonshine. And moonshine, uh, they called it back in the day, fire water. 
That's what they call it. But God did something last February in Dawsonville, Georgia, that has, uh, has gotten some notoriety um, around the world because God sat down in our church February the 10th of last year in an incredible way. We've been in revival uh, since that day, nonstop. Matter of fact, we'll be flying out today to catch, uh, uh, we'll head out to catch a plane back to Atlanta. We'll be baptizing tonight. We baptized Friday night. I don't know how many we baptized, um, all of them that got in them. I don't know how many that was, but, uh, but, but our, but our pastor, I won't go through everything, but our pastor had an open vision, uh, last January and God spoke to him in, in a prayer movement, in a prayer. We were, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting and our pastor was, uh, on the platform much like this. And he was walking around praying on the platform and he looked over to the baptistry. And this is a former Baptist pastor who, who got filled with the Holy Spirit back in 1995 and he had never had an open vision until this day. This was January of last year. He's walking around praying on the altar uh, platform area. And he looks at the baptistry. And the Lord is empty, of course. But the Lord showed him it, it was full of water. And he showed him a strip of fire on top of it. And the Lord spoke to him and said, If you'll fill up the baptistry and, you'll, and if you'll baptize people in water, I will come and baptize people in Holy Spirit and in fire. And I will send a great awakening to, to, to the house. And so... Long story short, we began to do that. We started baptizing people. God sat down. People are getting right with God, repenting in the altars, repenting to each other. Offense and bitterness is being lifted. God is restoring relationships that were dead and, 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 and seem to be impossible to raise. But God is doing a new thing in Dawsonville, Georgia. People are flying from all over the world, all over the world to come and be baptized in those waters. Tonight, we'll baptize probably 150, 200 people. Uh, we've been going anywhere from uh, 6 o'clock praise and worship, about 7, 7.30, 7.45. We'll start baptizing people uh, from all over the world, and they'll get in those waters. And sometimes we get out about 6, 6.30 the next morning, every Sunday night. When Charisma Magazine wrote about us in August, we had baptized at that time about 800 people. That was in August. By the time we're done tonight, we'll be over... 69, almost 7,000 people baptized in our waters. And, and I, and I want to, if, if we have just a couple of minutes, I just want to build your faith this morning because God is doing something here. I know we've quoted Second Chronicles 7.14 many, many times, but I want, you to, I want you to understand verse 15 and 16. I don't know if we ever get that far. We read in Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, God said, if my people... Not the nation, not the White House, not President Trump. You understand President Trump is the most powerful man in America, but God will use men and women much like you and I before he will use the President of the United States who's consumed with the politics and running the, the nation and things of the world. God will use you and I. If my people, God said, if my people, you and me, elbow somebody say, God's talking about you. Come on gently, it's okay, it's Sunday morning. Say, God's talking about you. He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Repentance is key in revival. Prayer is key in revival. He said, if you'll turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins and I will heal your land. Right? That was the promise. But can we, I don't know if you can put scripture on the screen. Can we do that here? Can we put up 2 Chronicles 7, 15 and 16? Because I believe that that's a prophetic word for this house. 
I hope you understand that, that Christian, Renew, Christian Renewal Church is not going to be the same. And it's not because somebody showed up from Dawsonville, Georgia. It's because the Lord has seen your prayer. He's heard your prayer and he's seen your, 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 your obedience to come after him. Look at what he says in, in, in verse 15 and 16. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. In this place. In this place. In Christian Renewal Church. In this place, on Hilton Head Island, in this place, my ears will be attentive, says the Lord. For now I've chosen and sanctified this house, that my name will be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. You have set something in motion. Elders, I just got to speak this out. This is not in the notes. But elders, when you were praying, and, and pastoral search team, when you were praying and saying, God, send us the right man and woman to pastor this house. God heard you. And he sent you these two precious people, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Haley. They, they are God-fearing. Three children who are, I believe, I believe some of the most incredible shepherds that God is raising up for this house and this community. I told Paul, I said, mark down June 12th. We're coming back on that Wednesday night for the food truck night. We're coming back. This, is, this has been the most hospitable. Listen, we go all over the nation, all over the... We go everywhere and, and preach, and, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm walking away going, did you even really want us there? Because, uh, whoo, man, it's kind of brutal. But they, they just, they, they, most people just put you away and, 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 and call us when it's time to come get you to preach, and then they don't spend time, they don't want to spend time. But these two people are so relational and pastoral and shepherding and spiritual, but relational and fun. Oh, my Lord, you can go to church and have fun. I was raised in dead church with dead people preaching dead messages to dead ears. And it was like, what is going on here? Shoot me now. But thank God for a church that's alive and thriving and moving and growing like this place. Come on, somebody. Man, our church has been in such revival since... Since last February that we have seen in the past 15, 16 months, we have seen deaf ears open. We have seen blind eyes open. We have seen stage four cancer bow. And I don't have the ability to connect my presenter this morning. It's okay. It's not connecting, but I want to show a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I just wanted to show a couple of pictures Um in that, in that list, there's just a couple of pictures I just want to show real quick before we jump into the word. I want to show you, this is Adam. Adam got into our waters back in, I think it was October of last year. He got in the water and said, hey, I don't need anything from the Lord. The Lord and I are good, but my mom has been suffering 46 years with gastrointestinal uh, kind of issues, and she is in severe pain. She can't eat certain foods. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of the foods she, she has to stay away from are the foods that you and I enjoy every single day. She has to eat special foods because her stomach for 46 years every day, and if she takes in something, uh, something wrong, it would just set her off with it acid reflux and vomiting and severe bloating and cramping. So she gets, uh, he gets in the water for her in October, believes God for her healing. As we baptize him, he gets up out of the water. After about 30 minutes, he calls his mother and says, hey, mom, I just want you to know uh, I'm here at this church in Dawsonville. She goes, before you say anything, um, something happens on the inside of me about 30 minutes ago. He's like, what? She said, I was at home and I was watching some TV show. 
She wasn't even at our church. She was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. But she said, hey, before you say anything, 30 minutes ago, something happened on the inside of my stomach and it felt like fire. Dawsonville, known for NASCAR and fire water. The pastor gets a vision of water with a strip of fire on top. She said, something began to burn like fire on the inside of my stomach. This was just a couple of months ago, probably January, I think it was. She came back. She said that night after he was baptized, 30 minutes Something happened on the inside. There was fire burning. And she said since that night he was baptized, she has had not one incident with her stomach. No pain, no cramping, no anything. So she came back and got baptized. She said, because God did something in that water through my son, I feel like I need to be baptized as well. And so now her and her husband and her son are all in love with Jesus, radically been transformed, and God's doing a new thing. Um, next one, we just, we'll just kind of bounce through them. Look at this. And the Lord said it's all ages. It doesn't matter if you're 84, 44, or 4, or 8. It doesn't matter. God's moving. When these kids get in the water, they're like, I just want more of the Lord. These kids aren't rehearsed on what to say. They just get in there. like, And they're weeping. I just want Jesus. I just want more of the Lord. This girl gets in the water. She's got 30 cuts on her arms, about 20 on the back of her legs, where she began cutting herself, uh, self-harming. Uh, she gets in the water. She gets baptized. She goes backstage to change her clothes and starts screaming to the top of her lungs. We think something's wrong. We go back there and ask her if everything's okay. She said, oh, my Lord, I just got baptized, and I looked, and all my scars are gone. All my scars off the back of my leg, up and down my arm, they're, they're gone. They're still gone to this day. She comes every Sunday because of what God's doing. She said there's only one that he left. There's only one scar that was left. I think it was on the back of her leg in the shape of a cross. Look, can you see the scars on her arm? Can we go back to that one? Look real close at this. Look at those arms. Can you see those? Next picture. We'll just bounce right through them. Man. Look at this. She got in the water and she said, hey... Pastor Marty, I want you to baptize me in this water, but I'm so fearful. I'm, I'm gripped with fear. I'm just so uh, uh, anxious every day of my life. I just got, uh, I don't know what it is. And I said, shh, he's here. Just receive. And look. Next picture. That was me praying for her. God's wrecking her. Look at this. Just peaceful. Peaceful she could be. We have one. We have one. I think it's called Lorraine. I think, I think Lorraine Bard. She's from Brunswick. She was coming up to, uh, to Dawsonville, Gainesville area. This is her. She's from Brunswick, Georgia, her and her husband. And um, she, she was diagnosed stage four cancer. Um, basically, you've got a small window of time to live. She gets in the water uh, because her friend said, you know, there's a, there's a church up there in the area where you're going for your pet scan on Monday. There's a church in that area that's having a revival and people are getting healed. And she's like, yeah, I don't know about all that stuff. It's kind of weird. They said, what do you have to lose? Her friend said, what do you have to lose? You're going up there anyway for the pet scan. So she gets in the water and she's, and I asked four questions. What's your name? Where are you from? What do you want the Lord to do? And do you want to hold your nose? And when I asked her what you want the Lord to do, she said, I think it'd be so cool if I go to my pet scan tomorrow and they find no cancer. She had 50 lesions. I think that may be the next picture. She had 50 lesions, cancerous lesions in her body. The, the big ones are the organs that contain the sugar and all that. But you'll see the heart and the bladder and things like that. But all the other little black spots, that's cancerous lesions in her body that is killing her. <clears throat> Matter of fact, they gave, her, they gave her the pill, some kind of pill, the oral chemo. And they said, this pill is not to kill this cancer. This is, that's not what this chemo does. This chemo hopes to slow down the growth 
of that stuff in your body. Not to kill it, but to slow the growth down. So we're just buying you time with this pill. So she came with that diagnosis and that, and that uh, death sentence on her, on her life. And she gets in the water. And the next day she goes to the doctor. And this is what they find. And listen, people say, well, the two images don't look exactly the same. Well, it, you could take a picture of yourself and not look the same today and tomorrow. This, this is documented. All her doctors up in Gainesville, all the doctors, the Cancer Society of America, whoever that group is, have written an official letter. They've, they have investigated this entire thing. They have sent an official letter that says, absolutely, she's the one that had stage four cancer. Her name is Lorraine Barge. And the next day she got... After she was baptized, this is what we found, and she has no traceable cancer. She's been back three times, three times, just to confirm, just to confirm. In the Cancer Society, they're like, no, we're not going to speak anything about completely healed and whole and cancer-free until we know for sure. Three times she's went back. They've given her official letters, the pictures, and everything that says, you have no traceable cancer in your body. So he's doing it in Dawsonville, Georgia. He's doing it with stage four cancer. A girl with 22 years of intense migraines gets in the water and that night, gone. Migraines, gone. We've reached out months later. How's the headaches? She's like, they're gone. And they ain't coming back. In Jesus' name. Psoriasis. A boy gets in with psoriasis all over his legs and his arms. Gets in the water. Comes out of the water and the psoriasis is gone. The itchy, dead, flaky skin has not come back yet. That was back in... Man, probably August or September of last year. It's not come back. Why is God doing things like this? Why did God choose water? Why is he healing people in, in water? People are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. People are, are reaching God. People are getting born again in the water. A lady's flying in from <clears throat> Auckland, New Zealand. She flies in from Auckland, New Zealand. Before she's being baptized, we say, what are you here for? She said, I heard from Auckland, New Zealand, that the Spirit of God was here, that the, that the King was here, and, and I came because I want to have an encounter. Auckland, New Zealand, Tokyo, Japan, Cambodia, they're flying in from all over the world. They're driving in 14, 15 hours. One family drove from Albuquerque, New Mexico, 30 plus hours after all the stops to get to that water to be baptized, to load back up in the van on Monday morning to go back home after they were baptized at 4.30 in the morning. Just to get in that water. This was when we were at church in, in Maryland right here. Up in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. God is wrecking the Korean church up there. It's not a white man thing. It's not a black man thing. It's not an Asian thing. It's not a male or female thing. It's not a young and an old thing. God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And he's saying, who is ready and who is hungry? And I believe Christian Renewal Church is ready and prime for a move of God. This is the place. Now is the time. And you guys are the ones that he's choosing. This thing is transferable. Everywhere we go, God is breaking out. Revival is breaking out in those churches in Moody, Alabama, Cottonwood, Arizona, the DMV area, all over the place. God is renewing his bride. He's calling his bride back. Revival is happening. Revival is not something you put on a calendar or a, or a marquee out in front of your church. Marquee is not an event you can schedule. Revival is when dead hearts are awakened to the living Lord and God arrests those hearts and wakens them back to life. It's Lazarus come forth. That's revival. It's Lazarus come forth. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be awakened. I want to be shaken by the power of God every day of my life. I don't ever want to go back to how it used to be. Why is this happening? Why water? Why revival? Why fire? Why all this? I'll tell you. Matthew chapter 20. Can we go there? If you have your word this morning, would you find Matthew 20 and stand to your feet? And we're going to speak just a moment. We'll wrap this thing up. You have found yourself in a great house of worship where you will do more outside of the four walls of the church than you do inside. That this, that the Sunday morning and Wednesday night service, I believe Wednesday will be for training, raising up the army. And I believe Sunday morning will be celebratory. I believe once a quarter when you do those stirrings or, or, or those nights where you come in and worship, I believe that people are going to come in off the streets to be baptized and they're going to be healed and saved and delivered right here in this, in this baptistry. I believe it with all my heart. I believe there's an awakening coming and people are going to be sent from all over the nation to come here for what they think is vacation and they're going to have a visitation but it'll turn into a habitation and they'll take it back home and fire will break out in their homes. Fire will break out in their churches. The fire of God will break out in their communities and he's going to do it right here in Hilton Head. It's going to be you. He's, God chose you. This house. I believe it with, I'm fully persuaded that he chose this house. For revival to break out. There's no reason we should be here. There's no reason. I've never been to Hilton Head Island in my life. Never. Been robbed for 48 years. <laughs> Love this place. Matthew chapter 20. This is why. Verse 1. Mine's written in red. So if it's written in red. Then who said it? Jesus said it. Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of heaven. Five words. For the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven. When he was with his disciples, he said, here's how you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Not my kingdom, not your kingdom, not Christ Fellowship Church's kingdom, not Christian Renewal Church's kingdom. Thy kingdom come. That's how Jesus prayed. Thy kingdom come. Here he says, Matthew 20, for the kingdom of heaven is like. He said, you want the kingdom of God to come? This is what it's going to look like. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour. Say third hour. Third hour. And he went out about the third hour and he saw others standing in the idle, uh, standing in the marketplace idle. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And again, he went out about the sixth hour. Say sixth hour. And then the ninth hour. And did likewise. And about the eleventh hour. He went out and found others standing out and he said to them, why have you been standing here all day? What are you doing? Jesus says, what are you doing here? Why are you standing here idle? You can be seated. I think the church has been sitting idle for many, many, many years. And we come and we have good church and we have good music and we have good preaching from Pastor Caleb and all the team. We have, Micah and the team kill it every time I come in. I'm like, babe, these guys know how to worship. They don't just sing. You know what we call worship, God calls singing. 
Seriously. What we call worship, God calls, that's just singing. You're just performing. We've got great musicians and talent all over the, the world singing about God. God said, I don't want you to sing about me. I want you to worship me. Sing to me. What we call worship, God calls singing. <laughs> what we call sacrifice, God calls worship. This place is a house of sacrifice and worship and prayer and fire and revival and fire on the water. He's going to do it again and again and again. Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. And then in Matthew 20, he goes, and here's the, here's the key. Here's the mystery of the kingdom. You know, God speaks in mysteries. The, the Bible's it's about written mysteries. You've got to get in there and unlock some things. And to understand a text, you've got to read the context. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom comes. And oh, by the way, in Matthew 20, here's what it's going to look like. It's going to be like a master that comes out of the, of the vineyard and he hires people. He hires them. And the Bible says the first one was at the third hour. Did you, did you see that? There was a third hour. I believe there's a third hour awakening coming to the church. I'll explain that in just a moment. But I think the church needs an awakening. First of all, we have to realize we need an awakening. We need the presence of God more than we need programs and platforms. These things are amazing, but they're just tools for his presence to come through. When you have the food trucks, enjoy it, laugh, have a blast. June 12th, you put it down, we're coming back. Have a blast, but when, you, when you're out there having a blast, it's, the presence of God can flow through you to your friends, to all the people. Matter of fact, the food truck owners... Well, there will be something leaping on the inside of them that say, I want to come back here. Let's do this thing again. Not for the money. You'll watch. You watch. Some of the food truck owners will want to give back to this place. They'll make great money. They'll have great revenue, but they want to give back and they'll sow into this place because camels are coming to this house. Sheba's camels came to Solomon's temple. And the Bible says that when she saw the excellence of Solomon, how do you see excellence? How do you see it? It was in everything that they did, everything they operated with, with such excellence that Sheba said, I want to give to this thing. And she brought gold and silver. And she said, I want to give to the kingdom. I want to build into the kingdom. Financial prosperity is coming, not, not just for this house, not just to bless this house and the people of this house and the teams here, but God wants to bless this place so he can bless others through this place. Man, Pastor, I just see, I see the seats full, the balcony full, overflow rooms of people who are coming that are hungry and they can get fed here. I think, I think the church needs an awakening. A.W. Tozer said this, man, it rocked my world. He said, modern Christianity has been watered down until the solution is so weak that if it were poison, it would not hurt anyone. And if it were medicine, it wouldn't cure anyone. A.W. Tozer. Modern Christianity has been watered down so much until the solution is so weak that if it were poison, it wouldn't hurt anybody. And if it were medicine, it wouldn't cure anybody. God help us. Revival's costly. Revival is painful. Revival is lonely at times. But that's okay. In those moments of being lonely, I've discovered that God is not trying to hide me. He's just trying to keep me out of people's reach. There's some people in your life that are not good for you. 
There's some relationships that are not good for you. There's some things in your life right now God's going to begin to strip away because he's not pleased with that in your life. There are things that are idle in your life. There's idols that are in our lives that God's saying, hey, I need you to, I need you to kill that thing. I need you to crucify that idol in your life because it's making you idle. He wants us to move and be, and be used by him in such an incredible way. But Jesus said, there's a third hour awakening coming. He said, there, there were workers that went out about the third hour. Say third hour. The Lord spoke to me about the third hour anointing. It's a third hour awakening. Uh, and when you read it, when you read Matthew 20, it doesn't make sense. It says the third hour. And then he sent others out in the sixth hour. And then he sent other workers out in the ninth hour. And then he sent them out in the eleventh hour. I said, Lord, I'm from East Hall High School. I didn't do very good in school. But I know a little bit more math than, than this. It doesn't add up. Third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, eleventh hour. I said, God, I don't understand that. You got to speak something to me. There's mysteries hidden. You got to dig. I said, third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, eleventh hour. Lord, what are you trying to tell me? He said, Marty, the third hour, it represents the crucifying of the flesh. The third hour, it represents the, the, the crucifying or the laying down of the flesh. The Bible says that in, in, in Mark that Jesus was crucified the third hour. There's going to come a time when there's Revival that's going to sit down in this place that's going to require you and I to bury and to crucify our flesh. If we want an awakening, there's got to be a crucifying. There's got to be a sacrifice of something on an altar. And God said, I'm going to strip away of the flesh so I can get your spirit, man, to, to rise up. That's why Paul said in Galatians 2.22, or 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ in me. There's got to come a time where there's crucifying of the flesh. That means you can't listen to the same stuff you used to listen to. Hmm. <laughs> You can't watch the same stuff you used to watch. God wants to send an awakening, but he can't put it in an old dead wine skin. He wants to send the new wine, but he can't put it in an old cracked, old dried up parched vessel. He's looking for a, 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 a new wine skin that he can pour the new wine into. And to get that new wine skin in your life, there's got to be some old dead things that come off your life. We can't talk like the world talks. It's not legalism. It's the spirit of the living God. He said, come out and be holy because I'm holy. He said, come out and be separate. It's not legalism. It's what the Spirit of God is drawn to. Death, sacrifice. The third hour, it represents the, the crucifying. The awakening of the, the death to self kind of thing. Then he said there's the sixth hour. He said there's a group of people that will go out the third hour. That's, that's an awakening of the crucifying of the flesh. Revival comes when we put our flesh under. When we bury the old man, let's bury the old man in some water. Let's get under and come back up resurrected. There's a third hour awakening. Then there's a sixth hour. There's a sixth hour. I looked and found another place where there was a sixth hour awakening. And that was when the woman went to the well to get water. Y'all remember that in John chapter 6? The woman went to the well. She was looking for water. She didn't go when all the other women went because she was ashamed. How do you know she was ashamed? Because the Bible says Jesus spoke to her and he said, ma'am... Go tell your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He goes, I know. You've had five, and the one you're with now is not your husband. You're still shacking up. Jesus knows where we are. He'll call things out in your life. She came for water, and the Bible says she got living water. She came and thought she was getting water, but she found the word. Jesus was the word made flesh, and he was at the the well with her, and she came for water with a water pot. And the Bible says that when she had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus spoke things into her that he knew was in her, And she knew he shouldn't know this about me. He shouldn't know that I've got the sixth man in my life right now. And Jesus said, I want to become number seven. 
You've had five, you're with six, let me become seven. Seven is the number of completion. When I step into your life, I'll make you whole, is what Jesus was saying. The Bible says she left and left her water pot there. There's some things in your life, if you want the presence of God in your life, you've got to leave some things at an altar. Where you meet Jesus, you're going to have to leave some things there and walk away. She left her water pot. The things she came with, she left without because she found everything she needed in him. That was at the sixth hour. That conversation went from water because Jesus said, what would you come for? I came for water. He said, I'll give you water that when you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. She goes, oh, I can't have that water and I can't have a worship time here with you because we worship way up there. That's what she said. The conversation went from water to the well to worship. They started talking about worship. And he said, there'll come a day when you'll worship me in spirit and in truth. Y'all remember that little conversation in John chapter 6? She came for water at a well and she got the word and went away without a water pot. Jesus said, you'll never thirst again. (laughs) That conversation went from water and well to worship. Jesus said in the great awakening that's coming to this house, to this house, it'll be a crucifying of the flesh. People will get right with each other. They'll, they'll die to themselves. They'll walk away from things that they were captivated with in the past. And now they'll say, God, I just want you. Nothing else matters. And, and sinful things, wicked things begin to fall out of our lives. Because we just we crucify the flesh. The sixth hour, it's the time of worship. Worship will come uh, naturally for this house. When you walk in the doors, people will just begin to worship. It'll be a freedom of worship where you just lift your hands and lift your hearts. And singing and dancing and, and just David type of unhindered worship. Where he comes back and his wife says, what are you doing? Why are you dancing like that? He said, baby, you had not seen anything yet. You had not seen anything. That's, that's what's going to happen in this place. You had not seen anything yet in the worship. Then there's the ninth hour. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to clap right there. Then there's the ninth hour awakening. The ninth hour, i got to hurry. We're running out of time. The ninth hour, the ninth hour is this awakening. It's, in a, uh, it's from uh, the book of Acts. It's from the book of Acts where it says about the ninth hour that Peter... John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. There it is again. Prayer. It's key for revival. They went up at the ninth hour and a man was lame from birth and he was being carried there, laid daily at the gate called Beautiful. And the Bible says he had a conversation with Peter and John and and he's begging for money. He's begging for alms. And he's at the gate. He's begging for alms. And Peter and John said, silver and gold, we don't have it. What we do have, we give unto thee. Rise up, be healed. The man jumps up. 38 years he'd been paralyzed and lame there. 38 years after encounter, he jumps up and leaping and walking and praising God. The ninth hour represents an awakening of healing. It's a healing awake. The ninth hour is when they went to the temple and a man got healed. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's a, there's a third hour anointing, awakening. That's where we die to the flesh. There's a, there's a sixth hour awakening coming. That's where worship goes to an all-time high. There's a ninth hour coming where people are going to be healed left and right. Matter of fact, somebody was healed of an ankle uh, Friday night. God called out the ankle. Is he here? I don't know if he's here this morning. But he got healed of his ankle that had been hurting for 13 years or 13 months or 13 something. I just remember 13. 13 years. 13 years he'd been hurting his ankle. God touches that man down here and he gives a testimony of, hey, the pain is gone. Right here. That, that, that is proof that there's an awakening here of worship and dying to flesh and healing. It's here. If you're sick in your body, God wants to touch you this morning. He's going to touch you this morning. He wants to heal his bride. That's why Jesus came. He came to heal the sick. He told us in Matthew chapter uh, 10, he said, as you go, as you go, preach the kingdom is here. The kingdom. 
He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's what he told his disciples to do. Well, guess who's the modern day disciples? Me and you. So his word is, as you go, not if you go. As you go, as you go to work, as you're cutting, as you're mowing the lawn, as you're doing what you do every day, as you're selling real estate, as you go preach, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is here. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers and raise the dead. That's coming to this house. That type of faith is coming to this house. There's a ninth hour awakening. That's the awakening of healing. And then the 11th hour. This is what messed me up. John, I didn't understand this. I'm like, listen, I went to school. I was pretty good with math. Two, four, six, eight. He says there's a third hour awakening, sixth hour awakening, ninth hour awakening, 11th hour. I said, Jesus, that makes no sense to me. You said the laborers were sent out third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, 11th hour. The third hour was the awakening, the crucifying of the flesh. The sixth hour is the awakening, the worship, worship going to an all-time high. The ninth hour, I get it, it's the, it's the hour of healing where God's going to release healing in his church to his bride. He's coming back for a spotless bride, right? He's coming back for us with vengeance. He's coming back. He wants us healed and whole, full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Not crazy, weird, fruity kind of stuff, but spiritual depth. Knowledge of the word, deep understanding, faith at an all-time high. He said, I'm coming back for those who would, who would crucify the flesh, take worship to a next level, and begin to uh, watch healing take place in the church. And then the 11th hour. I'm like, I don't get anything from the 11th hour. I don't get it. 3, 6, 9, 11. Doesn't make sense to me. He said, Marty, it's not supposed to make sense. I don't make sense. Everything in the kingdom is inverted. You know that? He said, if you want to be last, you got to be, if you want to be first, you be last. He said, you'll be the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath. Jesus said, if you want to, if you want to be the greatest, you have to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. It's inverted. The world says, get all you can, can all you get and go sit on your can. Isn't that the world system? Make all the money you can. Get all you can. Can all you get, put it in savings, put it in investments. And then go retire somewhere and just sit and never do anything again. God never intended for you to come retire on Hilton Head Island and not do anything. He wants you to be a kingdom shaker and a kingdom builder. As long as there's breath in your lungs, God wants to use you. You thought you were coming to retire. God says, no, 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 I have came to hire you. I want to employ you as a vineyard worker. I said, God, I get third hour. I can see references of the third hour. I see sixth hour, a ninth hour. But there's no other place in scripture where you find any reference about the 11th hour. Go look. You will not find any other reference but this point about the 11th hour. You can find references to the other three, third, sixth, ninth. But you will not find anything for the 11th hour. And the Lord said, here's why. Because the 11th hour represents the unexpected. The unexpected. That's when God steps in and rocks your world and does unexpected things in your life that you didn't even ask for. You didn't even think was a thing and he does the unexpected. Somebody's got a piece of real estate you've been trying to sell for years and nobody's even looked at that thing. Who are you? Stand up right there. You just sold it. The unex- How long were you trying to sell that thing? I got cold chills on my cold chills. The back of my legs have cold chills. That is the unexpected. That is confirmation in this house that the unexpected is here. 
That's the hour of the unexpected. Somebody's got a son who's away from the Lord and you've been praying for years. The unexpected, that's you. You've been praying for years for your son. Matter of fact, stand to your feet right there. The Lord wants to move. He just said, start, start ministering. Move. He's here. He's here. All the sons. My God in heaven, look. He's here. I just want you to whisper your son's name. He's here. The king is here. Father, we declare and decree every son. Not one of those sons left out. Every son. We call them back to the kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that the angels of God are sent forth as ministering spirits. So we thank you that you are going to these sons right now. On a Sunday morning, Sunday, early Sunday afternoon. And wherever they are, whatever they're doing, Lord, you begin to grip their hearts. Father, you said it's the Spirit of God that draws men to repentance. We thank you that every son, and he said to tell you he has heard every prayer. He has heard every prayer. But just as the prince of Persia held up, there's been things held up until this day. The atmosphere breaks over your son. Not by any man or any ministry, but the spirit of the living God. That Jesus, Jesus alone will be glorified by bringing those sons home. We call them saved and set in place in the master's table. They'll sit at the king's table again. And they'll eat his bread. The things of the world and the food of the world and the drink of the world and the chemicals of the world will not satisfy them anymore. That only the presence of the living God will satisfy these sons. These sons will come home. We call these prodigals home. In Jesus' mighty name, the unexpected. You watch the unexpected. (laughs) The unexpected. Unexpected. He's here. If you have sickness in your body, watch what the Lord wants to do in you. If you have sickness in your body, if you have sickness in your body, you need a touch from God. This is your moment. This is the place. Now is the time. And you are the one that God wants to heal in this moment. You have sickness in your body. Somebody's got a heart issue. There's an issue with your heart. Who are you? There's a heart issue. Not a physical, I mean, not a spiritual thing. It's a heart issue. That's you? What's the heart issue? Unforgiveness. Would you stand? Can we, can we pray for you? It'd be our honor. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. This unforgiveness, you want it to break off your life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come, Lord Jesus. Baptism of love for him. 
you'd break his heart for what breaks yours. We thank you, Lord. Baptism of love. Thank you for listening to this Sunday sermon. Subscribe to our podcast for new messages weekly. Visit ChristianRenewalHHI.org for more resources. We hope you have a blessed week.